Let's turn to the book of Genesis, just for a few verses. Just for a few verses. Tonight's topic is the biblical trans movement. The biblical trans movement. Genesis chapter 1. And while you're looking it up, I'll get a drink. And not only did I forget my trainers, just because people ask me, you know, I've already had people say, have you no razor? <laughs> Believe it or not, I forgot my razor too. So I just thought, well, we'll just wait until I get home and then just rush in here. I hadn't time for anything. Um, we, we just ran up and grabbed a cup of tea and uh, flew on up to changing up the road again. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, please. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we do thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for every blessing, spiritually and eternally. We thank you, Father, for that which is temporal and physical that you supply us with in life. And we thank you, Father, above all things, for his sacrifice of his own self. We thank you for the precious blood that he shed and paid our debt in all of its fullness. And tonight, Lord, we thank you that we are here as children of the living God. So, Father, we pray tonight that you would bless our gathering together, bless those who are with us, bless every family, every home, every heart. The morning, Lord, will you comfort them? The sick, would you heal them? The weak, would you lift them up? And the wayward, would you restore them? Father, we think of of little Jessica, baby Jessica in hospital, Marie's little grandchild. We pray, Father, that all will be well with her tonight. Lord, that you would, Lord, look her way. And, Lord, there would be nothing to be concerned about. And so, Father, we pray that you'd also bless and counter grace our brethren as they are away to minister in song this evening. We pray, Lord, that your anointing would be upon them, and, O oh God, that they would be a blessing to that company of people to whom they minister. So, Father, we ask it tonight, if there's one or some in here that knows not your Son, the Lord Jesus, we pray that you would draw them to him, not to me nor to this church even, but to him, for to know him is life eternal. Glorify the name of the Lord in this place tonight. For Jesus' name's sake, I ask it. Amen. Amen. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings, the seedbed of the Bible. And all things spring from the book of Genesis. Take note, lest we miss this. Genesis 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But take note, God created. And what God created, he does all things well, does all things good and all things proper. God created, and since he is the creator, since we are his creation, 
And we are then subjected to his will, subjected to his word, to his commands, and to his sovereignty, as all of creation is. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, the apostle says, For in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, outside of him we have no life. Without his breath of life in our nostrils, in our lungs, we have nothing and we cannot live nor exist without God's will to live. Notice in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, For by him, notice, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things, all things were created, notice, by him and for him. So God creates all things for his own pleasure. It's not for man's pleasure or woman's pleasure, nor our own thinking or our own will or testimony, but he created us for his own pleasure and for him. Listen to the song of heaven in Revelation chapter 4, please. Verse 11. All heaven sings, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure. Notice that. For Thy pleasure they are and were created. God created everything For his pleasure, not man's pleasure. Not humankind's pleasure. But for his own pleasure. And take note what it says in John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So, God is the great creator of the heavens and the earth and all things that are therein. God is the great creator and all things are created for his pleasure in his purpose. And God is the great creator and hence he is to receive all glory and honor. So what we do... How we live, how we act and react. Is it to the glory of God, for hence we are created to do so? Or is it for dishonor of the Lord? And God is the great creator, and hence is the reason that we even have life. He is our great creator, we are his creation. And hence the reason is, that is why we as human beings have life tonight. Because of our great creator God. Will you turn with me to Romans chapter 1 please. If you have your Bible with you. Romans chapter 1. I want you to see how man today. Even in the year 2023. But from Paul's day. Way before in the ancient Israel. Right till today. Notice man's ideology. Man's agenda. Man's thinking. Man's mind put into action. Man's will, man's pleasure. 
And just for time's sake, you can read the whole chapter at your leisure. But for time's sake, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, please. Paul writes, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that they that they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And if you're underlining that or writing that down, then underline it and write it down. Note here, vain imaginations. Notice, vain in their imaginations. And he says, their foolish heart was darkened. Let us read on. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And the wisdom and the intelligence of men, they think they're so wise, they think they're so intelligent, even as the high-ranking, as you want, scientists and NASA and so on, and even those who are the atheists, he says, there is no God. Yet God says in, in Psalms 40 and verse 1, he says, the fool hath said, there is no God. And God makes the the wisdom of men like foolishness. And Paul is writing that those who were to be wise have become so foolish. And then we go to verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God to an image made like unto corruptible man. They're trying now to bring God down to man's level of thinking. They're trying to bring God down to man's level. But he is the Lord and he reigns in high. You see, he is the Lord above all creation. Yet in his, his grace and in his mercy and his loving kindness, he came down to us and he got involved with us and he came and bled and died for us. But this God, the one true living God, man wants to bring him down to their level. And hence God is no longer God. But man becomes the God of their own life. And man becomes God over God. So God is no longer God. And man is God. And then man is over God. Does that make sense? When we read on in Romans chapter 1. In verse 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God. Into an image like unto corruptible man. Notice. And the birds and four-footed beasts. And creeping things. So the image that they have. Well, God is like this, and they mold and they make and they carve statues and images of people and of animals, and and they bow down like Israel when they made the golden calf to worship in Dan and in Bethel. These be thy gods, O Israel, that brought you forth out of Egypt. And they all flocked to this place to worship, rather at that time down to the temple in Jerusalem, where the one true living God would meet between the cherubims and the Ark of the Covenant. And that's the way uh, the the humankind is tonight. They'll run to Dan and they'll run to the Bethel. They'll run to the the, the, the idol and the, the bull calf, as it were. And they'll run to everything of man's imagination and man's thinking, rather than come to the living God in Christ, rather than trust in Calvary and the work the cross work of Jesus accomplished work and finished work for them. And they want everything. How is it that people will accept if you tell them there's a palm reader in town and they'll accept what you tell them? 
Why is it people think if they find a feather in their home, a white feather, probably from a cushion or from, a, uh, for, from their quilt that they've washed and carried upstairs, an angel has visited me. These are the things men are looking at and women are chasing after. How come they'll go to the, the fortune teller and the palm reader and everybody will gather around to hear what they have to say because there's a spirit world and we want to know what the spirit says or what so-called dead ancestors will tell us. But when it comes to the living God, they don't want to come to the temple of, of God, that is to you and I as it were. They don't want to come to the cross of Christ. They don't want to listen to be born again, but rather they want to go to the Dan and they want to go to the Bethel and they want to buy at the, the four-footed beasts and these sort of living creatures. And their own God, you see, it's out of their own imagination. And God's way ahead of us. And he tells us all of these things. Notice this, if you will, in verse 24. Wherefore, and this is severe, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. We have darkened hearts, and now we have lustful hearts. From the, through the lusts of their own hearts, notice, to dishonor. This is, this is important for where we're going. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. This doesn't just talk about a man lying with man, as you read on, or woman lying with woman. But this is the full dishonoring of the body. This is the, the chemical castration of the children who think that they want to be, a boy wants to be a girl and the girl is a boy. Dishonoring their bodies. Destroying the children's minds. And God says they are like this. And this is the world we're living in tonight. This is the world that we live in today. And if you will read on to the next verse, who changed the truth of God into a lie. What is the truth of God? You see, the Lord Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate when he was trying him before he sentenced him to death. And Pontius Pilate says to the Lord Jesus Christ, what is truth? Do you want to know the truth? They're saying this and they're saying that and they're saying another thing. And out there they're telling you the same thing. There is no God or, you know, you don't need to worry about God. And even in the church, the agenda has come into church now where churches are bowing down at the altar of the LGBT and so forth. They're bowing down to the altar of it. And they're changing the, the truth of God into a lie. What is the truth of God? John 17 and verse 17. Jesus said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. And Jesus is the word of God made flesh. So Pilate says, what is truth? These Jews are saying to crucify you and away with you because they're saying you're a blasphemer. My wife says to have nothing to do with you because you're a just man for she suffered many things this night in a dream because of you. What is truth? And the truth was standing face to face with him. In the person of Christ, the sanctified Word of God in flesh. You want to know truth, friend, tonight? Here it is. Here it is. Here is the written Word. In John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. That's the Spirit Word. And the Word was made flesh, verse 14. That is the flesh word. 
Tonight we have all three with us tonight. We have the truth of God in his word. And notice they change the truth of God into a lie. You know what they do? They take the word of God and they twist it. Now if that sounds familiar, all you need to do is go to Genesis chapter 3. And the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field. And he twists the word of God. Hath God said. Hath God said. You can eat of all the trees. And she says, yeah, of all the trees of the garden, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is in the midst of the garden. Eve replies to him. He says, ah, listen, God knows that if you eat of the tree, you'll just be like him. He doesn't want you to be like that. He twists the word of God where it sounds half right. But listen, a half truth is not a truth. It's a lie. And hence they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served. Notice, they worshipped and served the creature. Now we have looked at this from the beginning. They have worshipped and served the creature. Would you say creature? Would you say it again? Creature. They worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Would you say creator? Now I want to stop here for a few moments, just for a few the word worshipped here, the word worshipped is a word, sabad samai, sabad samai. And this is what it means, to adore, A-D-O-R-E. They adored the creature, to idolize as well, but they adored the creature. And the idea here uh, that the book, of, uh, 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 the book of Romans has given us is this, Paul is saying, it means to venerate, it means they adored the creature. Now think about it. Think about this. It's all about the creature today. If it's not about the creation, the creation is another. And worshipping that creation with climate change is an abomination. And worshipping the creature here, it means they worship all of these sort of idols and religions. Yeah, it means that. But now it comes to the place where they worship the creature of self. It's about me. It's about me. They worship the creature all created. And it means they adore. A-D-O-R-E. They adore themselves. And when you adore yourself more than you love the Lord. And when you adore yourself more than anyone else. You just love you. Some will say, ah, he loves himself. She loves herself. It's more than that. They adore themselves to the point where I am not creature but creator. I am the God of my own life and I do as I please. And God becomes your God. God become, you become God, pardon me, to God. You know why? Because you, you have him in your box of your mind. Who he is, what he will do, what he will not do. And he's not God at all. He's not the God of the Bible. He's not the true living God. And this is what is happening in our world and in our society. And so it means to adore. And the word served, it means idolatry too. And it's the word latrio. And it's where the Roman Catholic uh, Church puts latria, the worship of latria. You have uh, la, uh, latria, and then you have uh, dulia and hyperdulia. I haven't time to go into those, but this latria, this is their forms of worship when they have 
idolatry worship like this. And it means literally to participate as though you're at a sacrifice at the foot of Calvary. And hence they take the Mass and they adore the adoration of the Mass. The adoration of that little wafer of flour and water with a trans, or the trans for you? Substantiation. It is, it is, it is, it is the, the, the changing of a, a wafer into the literal body, blood, sinew and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ and to receive Christ rather really in spirit and in faith as we born again Christians do. They receive him in the wafer and they adore this wafer. They adore the, the flower and the water and they adore it so much they believe they're taking in and eating the flesh of Jesus. Lastly, of worship. Adoration. This is where this comes from, and they take it from this, but but Paul is writing this to tell us. Paul is writing this to say to us tonight that humankind in our society, in Israel, here he's saying in Romans, the Roman church, there are those, that is the church of God at Rome in the book of Romans, there are those who they, they worship and adore the creature, Yes, the idol, the statue. But sure, you worship and adore the pop star. And you worship and adore the movie star. And you worship and adore your job and your house and your children and your money more than God. And you can worship and adore all manner of things and have them as an idol. But Paul is saying, brings it right down to human level. And he's saying they worship and adore themselves. It's all about me. It's all about who I think I am. And all about how I feel I should be. So the changing of the truth to a lie and serving the creature rather or more than the creator. I want to stop here just for one more moment. We'll move on. This term here, creature, really just means that which is created. But creator, kid, so it is. it It means the proprietor and the manufacturer. God who owns all things and he who manufactured as it were by speaking it out into existence and creating all things will they become the proprietor manufacturer of these works of idolatry and they're not only working on stone and wood plaster cast and whatever else they're now working on the bodies of the creature Mutilation of the body. The cutting off of the breasts. The genitalia. Or the adding to. It's all about me. The thing is here, when Paul says in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. The preposition given in this verse, I need you to catch this, the preposition given in this verse is that they passed by the create they passed by the creator altogether. 
doesn't mean, well, you know, in all of this sort of lifestyle and the things that are happening in our world and our land and our nation, it, does, it doesn't mean that, well, you know, they leave a little bit even for God, even though it's all idolatry. They leave a little bit for God. There's a little room for him. That's not what this text means. The preposition is they pass by the Lord altogether as if he doesn't even exist. And then say, I am the creator of my own self. And they can start to form and fashion themselves. They start to mold their own vessel because I'm God of my own life. And hence we get the terms my life, my body, my choice, my feelings. It's all about my feelings. Listen, you may be free to choose but you will not be free from the consequences. You may be free to choose, but you will not be free from the consequences. So today, we hear much about the trans movement. We hear much about the trans community, the trans agenda, transgenderism and you know, all of these things. Listen, I believe these people need help in, in many ways. And this is not to hurt nor hate, but to warn and to possibly help. We hear much about it and we see it even on and printed on the flags everywhere now. And I'm told, I, I'm not 100% sure now, but I'm told there is uh, what's going to be put in front of LGBTQI, so on, whatever, plus at the front of it, there's allegedly either going to be or there already is a, a, t, a two and a T before it. Two-spirited. That means two-spirited. So a person two-spirited. You know what James chapter 1 and verse 8 says? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know what double-minded means? People's way ahead of them. Two-spirited. Two-spirited. In the book of Genesis, it tells us that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And he created him after his likeness. God believes in pronouns. God believes in pronouns. He says he and him. Later, he says she and her. God's word believes in pronouns. In, I won't get this wrong, I think it's Mark 5, Mark chapter 5. And the Lord Jesus is feeding the multitude and goes across the water in Galilee, gets out the other side and the legion, the man full of demons runs to him. And he comes screaming down the beach to Christ. And the Lord Jesus says to him, what is thy name? What is thy name? Because they're screaming out of him, art thou come to torment us before this time? And Jesus says, what's your name? And listen to the reply. My name, singular. My name is Legion. Notice, for we are many. Plural. They, them. 
they, them. So this isn't a new thing. This is an old battle still raging. But I can tell you, brothers and sisters tonight, guess what? It's not Jesus wins, he's already won. He defeated the devil at Calvary. And he crushed the serpent's head. And hence, the Bible-believing Christian will go to the word of God and to their creator So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female. Created he them. Two genders. There's only two genders. You know, so has anyone ever heard of a man called René Descartes? René Descartes. Anybody ever heard of him? Let me tell you about him. It's in the 1600s or so, but 1640s, 50s. He was a French philosopher. And if you read any of his stuff, I'd, I would, you'd, you'd go away in your own mind yourself sometimes. But uh, René Descartes, this French philosopher, it's a, he had a saying, and it was, Cogito ergo sum. Cogito ergo sum. You know what it means? It means, I think, therefore I am. I think... Therefore, I am. Now, he said he believed in God, but here's what happens. He started thinking in his philosophy, philosophy, what is reality? And hence, he would get to this, and it seems funny, it even seems stupid, until you realize where it brought him. What is real? What is here? What is created that God has done? But what is real? And hence, it brought him to the very point of, am I even real? How do I know I'm not existing in another universe and I'm only a projection of self? These are the things he thinks about. And he starts to doubt everything. Have you a doubting mind tonight on the scriptures? This is where doubting always brings us, the places of destruction and doom and and depression of it. And many discards got to the place where, is that real? Is he real? Is she real? What I'm saying real? You know? I can frame myself, and I'm sure Descartes could have done the same. But he got to the point where, in his own mind, he believed that there was possibly nothing of this was real. No creation was even real. And he brought himself to a place, and he said, I can't remember verbatim the exact words, but along the lines of, at the, at the, at the bottom of all of this philosophy of thinking, there, I think, therefore I am, is a great demon spirit. And he realized that he had fallen into the hands of a demon spirit. See, you're not saved by your thinking. It's a heart matter between you and Christ. Because you can think so much, you'll think your way to hell. You can think so much, you'll think your way to hell. Rene Descartes, I'm told, at the end of it was petrified, literally terrified, because he realized he had met something that he deemed of reality was a demon spirit. And hence he realized if there's a demon spirit, then surely God, the God of all spirits, is living real and alive. And I'm told he made his way back to the cross.
I trust he didn't. I think. Therefore, I am. Do you ever wonder why our society is going down a sliding scale so greatly, so quickly, so rapidly? Because society, like Granny discards. In fact, I taught on this. Who's with me for six years? Who's been with me for six years? Okay. See me after class, will you? I taught on this for two weeks about five or six years ago. And it brought in, this thinking came in to the rock and roll era, into the modernity era. And this was said, this whole writing of his was said to be, as it were, even the leading program from which all these things sprung forth. In fact, it's online somewhere, I think, Andrew, that one. I can't remember even the title I got, so you're off the hook because I can't remember my own title. I think, therefore, I am. Now, if you don't know, the name I am is the, is the august title of Jehovah. It says that the Moses, you can say to Israel, I am that I am of sent thee. And hence people are saying, I think, therefore I am. And hence the sliding scale, possibly too late realizing it's all powered by a demon spirit. Can you see this? Can you see this in our world? In our land? We hear people say, I was born this way. Yet it changes when it comes to the trans ideology. I want to change again. But here's the thing. In John 3 and verse 7, the Lord Jesus says, then you must be born again. I was born with sin. And you were born in sin. But we must be born again of the Spirit. Psalm 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He says, I, David says, I was born this way. What way were you born? In sin. Shaped in iniquity. So, T-R-A-N-S. Does anybody know what the word means? Does anybody know what the Greek word is for it? Let me tell you. You ready for a wee bit of a an eye-opener. Do you know why Facebook changed the name? Well, it's still Facebook, but it, there's the power behind What is it? Is it? What do you call it? Say it again. That's it. Shout it out. Can you hear that over there? Mita? That's the word for trance. Interesting, isn't it? That's the Greek word for trance. Mita. M-E-T-A. And it means, in the Greek, it means with or hereafter or among, amongst, to transfer you. To transfer you. So here is the biblical trans movement. You ready? First of all, it means in the English to extend across a border or go beyond a boundary. And in the Greek, it's similar. It means to transfer along. I'm among you, now I'll transfer you. 
That's what basically Facebook did to a lot of people, isn't it? Notice this. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says, here's your first trans movement. You ready? Biblical trans movement. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. In other words, John is saying, if you go along and cross over the law of God, you're a sinner. Because sin is the transgression of the law. So there's your first trans movement in the Bible. Listen, and we talk about the trans there for a while and all that sort of stuff and all the stuff that comes even spins off that. But listen, every one of us, every single one of us, every one of us were in sin. We were sinners. We were in sinners. We broke God's law. And it says, whoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. You see, Romans 3 and 23 says, for all of sin, not just them, that was us too, that was me. I would have put my hands up and said I was the chiefest of sinners. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no better even than they, even though all the things they stand for, I may not have stood for those, but I was a big sinner in other ways. Broke God's law. Crossed over the boundary and the border of God's law. Broke it many times. Went into his holy field and out again as it were. Took from him anything I wanted that he had given me in creation to keep my body alive. And I passed by the creator and loved the creature. Myself. The alcoholic loves the creature. Passes by the creator. The drug addict loves the creature more than the creator. Passes by. Disregards him. Doesn't think about these things. The sinner who just is the just natural five-eighths of a man and a woman like me. And they're sinning every day. Breaking God's law. Don't care about God. Until the Holy Ghost lays hold upon us. And we realize we're sinners and Christ is the Savior. So we're transgressors. Secondly, those of us who are saved, we've been translated. We have been translated. Colossians 1, verses 12, 13 and 14, Paul says, Give thanks to the Father, unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Notice, who hath delivered us. That's of us who are trusting in Christ, who are saved. He's delivered us from the power of darkness, notice, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So whenever I got saved, the Father took me from the darkness and he carried me over the border, as it were, translated me, and he placed me in the kingdom of his son. In fact, uh, some Greek renderings say he placed us in the kingdom of his dear son or the son of his love. So we were transgressors. We've been translated. And he says in verse 14, in whom? In Christ we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The woman this morning came up after the meeting. When I get saved, she says. And I said, she must have been. Went to, I never asked her, did she go to Mass or the chapel or river? And I says, there, well. I says, have you ever come to know the Savior? No. No. I says, and what's your greatest fear? She says, I don't know how to be forgiven. I can't get rid of this sin. 
help me. How do I know that I can be forgiven? And I says, oh, glory to God. You know, you're about to be translated there from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We prayed for the woman and she was smiling and also prayed for him. She was just smiling from ear to ear. Glory to God. Translated. And thirdly, again, we are to be transformed. Romans 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, our mind is to be carried over from this idolatrous of Romans 1, uh, this I think therefore I am of Rene Descartes and the things that he came up with, with to be not only translated but transformed to thinking that God is like on the four-footed beast or any sort of statue or idol. We're to be transformed where our minds are like Christ. Christ-like in thought and word and walk and deed and in mission. We are to be transformed that Christ is all our glory. That Christ is our Savior and Christ is our Redeemer. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our all and all and our everything. And even as Paul said of him, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, that he's our life. Transformed where Christ is your life. Not just a Sunday thing. Not just a, not just a wee, ach, well, you know, I've said a wee prayer thing. Christ is your life. The life of my life. The life of my heart. The life of all my love. The life of my mind and my thinking. In the morning, good morning, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for waking me up, O oh, great creator, for another day. I'm the living to praise you. Oh, friends, you see, we're to have our minds renewed. Let me finish with this. Let me finish. The word transformed is the word metamorpho, and it means to change your outward appearance from that which you had before salvation. To change your outward even appearance. That whatever the work is done in you, it transforms your very life without. Can I ask you, friend, brother, sister, if you say you know the Lord Jesus, have you, have you changed? Has your life changed? Has your thinking changed? Has your desires changed? Have you changed? Have you changed where, I mean, Sunday for me, Whenever I was in the world, I dreaded Sunday coming because then the, par- the bars weren't open during the, during the day then, before I was saved. And we had to go to some paramilitary shabine to, to go and sit in it to take drink and drugs or get a lot of them and bring them to somebody's house who was willing to house us. I hated it because it was boring and it was lifeless. It was a day of monotony. It was a day of, of shaking and, and, and aches and pains because of the drink and the drugs and the withdrawals and, and the nightmares and, and the fretting, frettings and the fightings within and without because I needed more drugs. I hated it. But now I love to worship with God's people. I love to gather around the table and break bread and drink from the cup. I love to come and sing unto the Lord with all my heart. You see, to me, Sunday is no longer a Sunday. It's like the Saturday, the Sabbath day. People, there's no change. It's just another day. 
I said to Alison, coming up from Dublin, because we were way around the M50, we were way around, way around the Tala direction, way around the bottom there of it. And I said, actually, it's Sunday, there'll hardly be anybody on the road. We come out on the under that M50 today, and it was just dangerous traffic. And for 11 miles, we were 20 miles an hour, people going to shop and do their thing in the Lord's day. Like, wow. Wow. But you see, when Christ comes in, see, when Christ comes into a life, it changes. You're transformed. If there's no change, then I dare say, then there's no Christ. Because if there's no Christ, there'll be no change. I just want to bring one as a warning here. A trans to a warning. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, No marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. It's the same word of Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We should be changed, our outward expression from that which you had before salvation. It's an expression which came from a total depraved nature to an expression which comes from a regenerated being by the Holy Spirit, changed into another form, not changed from outside interference. Paul says, be not conformed, which means don't let what's going on outside affect you within. That's what it means. Be ye not conformed to this word. Don't let the word, the things of the word, don't let your friends, peer pressure, all that's happening, the media, social media, the news, everything you're hearing, it's all an agenda. He says, listen, don't be conformed by what's out there and let it affect in here, but be transformed, that is, by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and renew your mind from within. He says, you know what? I'll change it from within to without. Then he says to us, Satan is transformed into an angel of light. And this is what he says. Did God not say that you could eat of all the trees of the field? He just doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to be a God like him. So just take away. Twists the word. Just you take away. And it looks good. The tree was good to the eyes. It looks good for food. And it looks good. Satan says, ah, God just doesn't want you to be like him. You see, and then we go, it's about me, isn't it? It's all about my love, what I want. You see, I'm a human being and I, I'm the master of my own destiny. I think, therefore, I am. I can change my body. I can say, I'm a boy when I'm a girl or a girl when I'm a boy. And change my body to the way I suit. Or even, there's, uh, there's children here. And I was on, in, in one of the meetings we had one here not so long ago about it. They went into school and they claimed that they were a cat. And the school was to have to try 
and accommodate them being a cat. Claim that they were a cat. Do you want to know the truth? Jesus says you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We sang the old Fanny Crosby hymn. And I asked them to sing it. When clothed in his brightness, transported, I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. I'll sing in my rapture, O glory to God, for such a redeemer is mine. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is a wonderful Savior. Listen, I don't know where you were in your life. I don't know where you were at your home. I don't know what position you were in your thinking. I know where the, the depths of despair and the sin and depravity and the danger and the trouble that I was in. One Friday I was in court and I was up to all sorts of modern things and I was arrested and then I was set free for fighting in court. And then by the time I got out, I was in fighting. I was nearly arrested on the Saturday night. And then on the Sunday night, I don't know whether I tried to do myself harm or not. I woke up on a floor with Christians laying hands on me, praying that I would be all right. And all I heard was voices saying, he's coming round, he's coming round. And next thing I knew, I was sitting listening to the gospel. And that Sunday night, Christ set me free. You see, Jesus sets the captive free. It doesn't matter in your thinking what you think you are. I am. My own God. I think, therefore I am. Oh, I'm too addicted. You see, a drink and drugs. And listen, this book tells me that he is the God of all flesh. And he's the God of all spirits. And I believe he doesn't get it wrong. He always gets it right. <laughs> come on, brothers and sisters. We'd say amen to that. Amen. Team, would you come up, please? I'm going to close. And I'm sorry there's no tea for you.